So let's start with the Nokar Mantra. Om Namo Arihantanam Om Namo Siddhanam Om Namo Ayariyanam Om Namo Uvachayanam Namo Loe Savasabunam Eso Panchanamokaro Savapavapanasano Mangalanancha Savvesim Padamam Havai Mangalam Padamam Havai Mangalam Anybody think about the words that time? Yeah, that's good. Anybody find themselves thinking about something else while we were just doing that? I did, but I was able that's to refocus. Fine. Oh, that's oh, good. And uh, that for a few, and I'm like, okay, I need to think about the <laughs> words rather than uh, thinking about other things. So. Right, right. That's good. So, Jaina is sponsoring an essay competition. And I thought we could look at the essay, look at the prompt, and discuss it. And we could brainstorm about it. And that way, if you decide to enter, the deadline is May 31st, so you have plenty of time to do it. And if you decide to enter, you'll have a leg up on the competition because you'll have the benefit of all of our knowledge. So the, there are five, uh, five questions or uh, issues that they would like you to respond to, and they're all kind of related to the same thing. Um, they're related to the steps needed by the Jane Centers to increase active participations by young Jains born or raised in North America. This is a problem that we see in this center. We, this center, of course, without Patsala, there would be no Derasur. Um, and so we are overrepresented by uh, school-aged children and parents, right? And then seniors as well. So basically, we're missing 20 to 30 unmarried and childless. And, and sometimes we turn people off too based on the politics and stuff, but there's like nobody here, right? 20 to 30 unmarried and childless, right? So the first is concerns and causes for limited participation by young Jains in Jain centers of America. Any thoughts on that? They are not able to relate to the, the religion itself is what I feel. I mean, uh -huh. initially it depends whether they've attended Patshala or not. Right. But then uh, once they are in their 20s, they have other priorities and focus in right. life. Career being one, mm -hmm. and then friends. All that makes it go to the last. So, so right. coming to Derasar or even practicing uh, the basic rituals mm -hmm. becomes the last priority. So you identified two kinds of people, the kinds of people that uh, matriculated through the Patsala system and the kinds of people that don't. Let's talk about the first one. So they've come here and they, they have gone through all 1 through 12 classes or 1 through 8 or whatever we have. And then they leave for college or let's say they go to U of H here. So, but they're not coming back. Let's talk about that group first. So why are they not coming back? They're also making a choice. So earlier when they were in school, it, it was the parents who used to right. you know, bring them here. Right. But now that they are independent, yeah. 
the exercise toys <coughs> and they feel it's they're really not motivated to come and Certainly. they don't see any great advantage in being here hey come on in we're talking about why young people don't participate in the Jain Center. Okay. I have a question so, on that. So do we think that it's only to 20 to 30, but when they get to 35, and I don't know the answer to this, is the born and raised in you, uh, those who are born and raised in U.S., now they have kids, do they come back to Jain Center for their kids? Yes. Do but we're talking about in between there. Right. Right. But my question is, the reason I'm, I'm asking this question, is it, is it, you know, what percent of the, uh, you know, this, this born and raised generation here that is coming back? Is it not just, uh, or is it, is it by fact that we know by information that yes, you know, when they have kids, they come back? Or how many percent of the people come back? Or is it just once they leave, once they get into their 20s and they don't come back? So if you, would, if you want me to put a percentage on it, yeah. the people that grew up here, that come back when they have kids, 20%, okay. For me, which that's is low. Pretty low. And so even if they have kids, a lot of them aren't coming back. Right, I agree. That's what, my, that's what I thought. So it's not, I mean, yes, definitely that's the topic we're talking, but even after that, only 20% is coming back, 80% is not coming back. So something happens when they get in their 20s and 80% of the people choose not to go to Jain Center anymore. Right, and so we were just discussing, well, it's their choice, right? So they're choosing, this is the first time it's their choice, and so why are they not choosing to come back? Okay, one of the reasons could be, mis we are talking about US as a whole, right? Not the Houston Jain Center specifically, correct? Let's talk about Houston. Okay, then, okay, then my, mis I was about to say Houston is not everywhere we have Jain Center because I right. was in Connecticut and there was no Jain Center nearby. I have to go to New York or New Jersey right. to attend anything. So, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, let's talk about Houston. Let's talk about what we can do. Um, my feeling is that the Jain Center is not providing enough value to their life for them when they make their independent decision to come back or the Jane Center is not communicating the value that they can provide to these people. And both of those things are the fault of the Jane Center. Either you're not providing value to these people's lives or they don't know that you can provide value to their life. So I think you see it here, like you'll see even with the youth, right? Toddler class, first grade, second grade, all that. That where does that group of if you do the breakdown, you see a lot more younger kids as they when they get older, they drift away. I don't know what happens. Right. So that engagement maybe just dropping off, their mindset maybe you know changing, along with that uh, social pressures of you know, doing other stuff. But then, like you said, once they're in college, there's nothing here to give them to come back here. Like you have a dance class, if a lot of, like you know before, half the people will do other stuff. There's no reason for them to come, or they drop their kids off and then they go off, or come back after class and pick them up. Because there's nothing there here for them to be engaged with, to discuss. If you look at other community centers, if you're wondering, well, how come they're growing or they're having, you gotta say, well, what are they doing that brings their youth to you? And the only number one that I see is the bathroom. I live close by, and I go there a lot. Yeah. Um, and the guy that works with me is like the regional vice. President, right? So he talks about um, different things they do in keeping the engagement. They have like, a lot of people who continue even through high school, college, 
because they have probably things they do. Right. To keep them, as over here, once they're in college, there's no class or anyone here to keep the engagement. Right? So, I don't think so. So, right. so for instance, last week we had that uh, uh, lady from Clements here giving presentation on the uh, for the high school onwards, right? The college choices and all. A lot of people were curious about it. Obviously, we all. I'm the high schooler. I have the first child in, in high school, so I learned a lot that I thought I knew about it, which I didn't. So I think beyond the religious activities, I think if we offer certain things at that age, you need more networking, more career orientation, more, um, you know, your finance, your 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 personal life, right? So if the kids get those type of exposure, or if you know what's upcoming, if I laid out the plan for next 12 months. This is what's going to happen, and you advertise enough to get them engaged. Uh, I think it can come, and that would be the first thing to draw it here, not just to practice Jainism, but to stay connected with Jainism. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good idea. If you have a published calendar, I don't know if it is even possible to right. plan at least 12 months in advance, but have clear uh, workshops like these, uh, especially around career, and you can bring in, you know, industry uh, gurus if that helps, and have one-on-one -on -one discussion. Then these young or youth guys can actually come in and, and uh, stay more connected. And that way, yes, it helps because once they are in their asal, then uh, networking also can be helpful. So you know what I think is funny is that. We were all these people, right? So right. we can't we draw on our right. own experiences to do that's what I thought was funny about parenting when I started getting into parent when I started having kids, right? It's like I was a child once, so why do I need to learn about and then you realize like you don't know like anything about it, right? So but think about to when you were twenty, right? Well what was going on in your mind? Was the Jane Center the last thing that you thought of? And if so, why? It's because your friends weren't going, right? Uh, we, if you get the right people to come, right, the so-called connectors of the youth, then they will get their friends in, right? But that doesn't mean that you can't provide value. You have to provide, provide them value. Sure. Um, so the next one, reasons for decreasing participation in rituals like giboli, pujas, sapnas, titis, etc. Recommend alternate ways to raise money to meet the expenses of the Jain Center. So, do we find that here in Houston? Is the participation in Giboli decreasing? Every year I hear that it's higher than the last year. So, not a problem here. Yeah. So, maybe but, a problem in other places. But there's a potential that you could have better numbers, I guess. Mm -hmm. what, what I see though, the Giboli is mostly managed by the adults. Right. And youth has. Uh, uh, now, if yeah, it has a little to do with the contribution in a way. Right. Uh, from what yes, I see, the grown people have money, right? Right. And and they, uh, what I'm I'm kind of trying to think in my mind. For me, what are you asked? What what brings you back? You know, when I was in in Beaumont, the temple was two hours away. What brought us here was really not this uh, you know other things, but just the faith. And the question is. Because, I mean, you know, we could have other other things too. I mean, we could have a basketball here or something and people will come and play and then just head out from there. What What's the what's the main thing for me is the faith and the purpose for temple in my life. 
And I think it, it did not happen overnight or it didn't happen. It happens over the time. You know, right. it's the parents and the parents' commitment. Right. Because my parents kind of somehow ingrained in me and same thing for all of us. Like, you know, parents did it over and over and over. It, it was not like, you know, my dad did not take and say, okay, now I, I don't have to go to, to do the rasa this morning or puja this morning because so and so and so. He woke up early and went and, and things like that. So I think there is a, we can look at this, these things, but what I'm thinking more so is a faith. And one thing I've seen in U.S. as we do, all the parents, as parents, we too, okay, today we have a birthday party, it's okay if you don't go to Pachala. You know, it's okay if you don't go to Dirasa. Today we're doing this, so it's a commitment in, it's the faith building process mm -hmm. that hope happens over the year. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's, uh, it just drops off at 20 or 30. So okay. that's the that's the try that's the path I'm trying to think for right. based on the questions. Yeah, that one thing and other thing. Since we have younger kids, most of us, right? Mm -hmm. So that the main reason we generally go, the reason we need temple or we visit temple is for spiritual need and religious need, right? So we enroll them to the class. They learn the Jainism. We also attend Miss Dad's class or. By the time our kids grow up and they get exposed to the world for their college and networking, see now they have learned our Jainism, but to relate it to the world right. and have that uh, uh, connection with that, yeah. they lose that because they see the other thing exciting and they jump on to uh, jump onto that world. That okay, we have to like we have one uh, um, uh, family friend. Um, uh, Meena Kapasi and Dilip Kapasi. so their son uh, Ketan Kapasi I guess he was the topper in Jab mm -hmm. but now oh, he got into college and he moved to Austin and right. he got a job there so we don't see him here right. so one of the youth but do they see him in Austin correct no probably uh, right correct yeah and, and are we getting the Janes that come to U of H from elsewhere <laughs> no yeah right um so what about, uh, so that's Giboli, what about, do you see young people, you see 20-somethings doing pujas in the temple area? Very few. So very the thing when you say 20-year-olds is like you go back to uh, people who've been, you know, doing it as a ritual from the beginning at a young age versus people who at least been raised here and I'm doing it, I don't think you'll see that. Right. And it's, you don't see them doing rituals just because they're not here? Or is I'll go back to what he says. If the parents are leading them and showing them on a regular, you know, weekly basis, they'll get used to that ritual as a youth. But if, if my parents never did, and never took, even though they brought me here, if they didn't do it, and there's a good chance I wouldn't be doing it, regardless of me coming here or not. Right. It all starts with the parents. But, uh, but there was a turning point at some point where you decided, well, it's my choice whether to get up on Sunday and come here or not and do this thing. And it's my choice and I decided to do it. And then, so what helped is that your parents made that same choice every, every Sunday for most of your life. And then now, what is making you make that choice? So uh, I think you're talking about the actual uh, and all Right, stuff. yeah. And uh, there's some, going into the Mandir. Right. But coming to Bachara or classes and yeah, yeah, that's my own desire. Right. At least what I was doing before printer. Uh, I don't do any. But why? Why is that? I mean, why? Why is the desire? I mean, let's say you have a critical presentation tomorrow morning. 
and you have a two choice to work on the presentation or come here and, and, and do this, why would you choose this? Coming to here. Myself now or as a 20 year old? Yeah. No, no, now or 20 year old, that's fine. Either way, it's, I, I think the answer should be, at least in my mind, should be similar. Um, to learn, right? It's, only, it's not too much. It's only an hour. It's not a big deal. To learn and as much as you can. My, my answer is that because I, I, I contemplated this yesterday, mm -hmm. last night, and we had been happening for the last couple of weekends between me and Kareka. And, and we, for me, it's, it's this, I, I do it because I think it's peaceful, it's stress relief, mm -hmm. and actually <coughs> it gives me more strength to do what I'm supposed to be doing after this. Yeah, definitely. And I think we all need, I've seen some examples where people, and it's, we're talking about Jainism here, but I've seen uh, people following Muslim religion uh, when I was in Saudi Arabia, uh, 20 year old, had a nokarwali in his hand, in his office. They keep the drawer. They, mm -hmm. They're not ashamed. I mean, I would be ashamed right. in a way to do this. And you know, I see he has a tough conversation on phone, and the next thing he does, he removes that uh, nokarwali and does it. And guess what? After five minutes, he's fine. Right. This is a Muslim religion preaching. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that's exactly what they do. So for me, I think the reason we come back, and I think the reason if uh, a 20 year old or 50 year old come back, if they believe that it's worth their time, it gives them the stress relief. It, they, if they have an understanding of that the faith uh, and the going to a temple will give them strength. And uh, even though it's an investment of two hours or three hours or however, depending upon how it is, uh, then I think they'll come. For right. me, that restoring that faith is is, and having that understanding all along your life that every time you're in struggling, you you have a difficult time. Your your religion and obviously the the center itself can help together, like we were talking about in the tough times and things like that. But even though, if you just come here by coming here, the vibes you get, the the sense you get, uh, gets you to fight back. I think that that brings me back. I think two things. Uh, first, I think that remember we learned that rituals are physical manifestations of prayer and they're the easiest one. I don't think most people know that. I don't even think most adults, forget about young people, know that. I think most people think of prayer as the mental version and we learned that that's the hardest one. The verbal version is easier and the physical version is even easier. So I think that a reframing of rituals as physical prayer is kind of necessary. Um, and second, I, uh, a lot of people, so some derasers have gone to a fixed giboli, right? But I don't really understand, I don't really get it. Like I, I am very grateful to all the people that give money and I'm very happy if the giboli makes them happy. And I'm, you know, but for me, I would rather just give the money and feel good knowing that I give the money. I don't know what to do with like the idol and I take it to my house and I have some ceremony at my house. Like, I don't get it. I don't feel right doing it. I would rather just give the money and feel good doing it. Some derasers have gone to a fixed giboli because they don't like the aspect of the competition and the fundraising and things like that. And the kind of getting of the glory of being the auction winner and things like that. Um, but what do you guys think about a maintenance fee to fund the expenses of the Derasim? In terms of? Every, all members pay a yearly fee to maintain the Derasim. 
So next, what can Jain organizations such as Jaina, YJA, YJP, and youth groups at Jain centers, here we have JFH, do to continue to promote the values of Jainism and Jain philosophy and increase youth participation? It's like in politics also, nowadays they say, right, how, how many, what percentage of youth participate in politics? Right. Because if we just see Indian politics or anywhere, maybe it's sure. all uh, people yeah. above 50 or so. The most consistent voters are old people. Correct. Right. So here, please, if you find that answer, maybe we can. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've been doing it, right? If you see, maybe that long time ago, there was Jaina and just uh, YJP. Now you hear about Jain professionals. And I don't know what else you missed, but there's several organizations that have uh, Southwest region uh, camps, regional camps, local state camps right. uh, within the states and stuff. So I think they've been doing it now. They want more. And they continue doing those and making sure, uh, communicating it out and getting sure there's other centers of engagement. So I think, I think personally, I think we're going to each other. Okay. Maybe I have a question, Miss. How much Houston Jain Center is connected to rest of the Jain Centers in US? What interaction, level of interaction is happening and how much is exposed to the members? Right. Because I understand JAB is happening, so this year it's in California, uh, so only the JAB group will go there. Right. But nearby also we have so many Jain centers, so how much interaction, because definitely many things are happening throughout US for Jain, because there is a big group, there is a jainlibrary.org website and if you see, uh, I forgot that person's name, so there are many things, every week there is an email that, that, that comes out, these are the events lined up. So from Houston, what we are doing to uh, engage into those activities or miss? Because right now all we do is we come here, we attend our classes, Right. any function. See, uh, one thing I would like to say, many things are happening in Houston also, like camps. So to answer for youth, to attract them, many things are happening, but maybe it's not converting into to increase the percentage of their participation. Right, so you guys mentioned that the youth are doing a good job, but those are Patsala kids that we're getting, right? We're not getting 20 to 30. Correct. We're not getting 20 to 35 uh, unmarried or and or childless, right? Talked about YJP, have, has anybody been to YJP get together? I've been once and I, I, I felt out of place, but it was mm -hmm. the first time. It was a younger crowd, is that yeah. why? Well, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I completely fled on the place. This was uh, probably 10 years ago, mm -hmm. when I guess I was qualified to go to the YJP. <laughs> and uh, it was probably after I got into work, so maybe 2013, 2014 time frame. Uh, sorry, 2003, 2004, sorry, 2003, 2004 time frame. And uh, uh, I I think it was, it was, Completely different uh, uh, 
uh, it was a restaurant, which was fine, restaurant was okay, but it's just the, the, the communication and uh, I, didn't, I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like, uh, mm -hmm. so that was the first and last time I attended. Mm -hmm. Last to last week discuss, we discussed, or I don't know if uh, in this forum we discussed, but there is a resort in South America where uh, for professional, it is mainly for professional beyond 35 years of age to relax there. It's like a retirement progress for professional about 35 years and they do go they go there and just for relaxation because <laughs> we have this work and pressure, right? Right. So to his point, like when we uh, go there uh, like youth and as you felt, right? Maybe we are also disconnected with them now. Yeah. It, this was, uh, but he was saying he yeah. was a he was a youth at yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah, I was. I mean, I, I think it's just because yeah, okay. of the conversation. I still, I'm still a youth. <laughs> it was, yeah. I was qualified. That's that's where I'll put it at that time. I, I think part of it is, uh, at least as more and more I think about it, I think as we come here and become why you know why we need to do this, why we we do. This, I mean, and I think uh, when did it come up that we only spend active. So in 52 weeks, we're only here about 40 weeks, uh, or maybe less. less. We yeah, talked way about less, it. Yeah. Way, way less. less. I think 20 or 30 hours. I think we talked about it, right? 30 hours. So 30, yeah, yeah. 30 hours a year in that we try to try to install our kids. This and then, you know, when when we are home, when we are away from here, our you know, depending upon how we act, are we acting the same as giant? We are following the same principle, or you know. Or are we wiping off the the message the kids are getting here? Right. And they they live in this conflict for 20 years of their life, and then as soon as they get a chance, yeah, yeah. they're going to flip. And so I, I think it, it's going back to like years of exposure, years of things. Because now I I, I can I can relive that uh, meeting and say everybody was talking about. Everything different. I mean, you know, it was completely. It was like to me, it's a get together. No different than. I mean, it was everybody was nice. Right. It's just didn't feel like it was a YJP. I didn't. It was not a giant aspect. Wasn't evident there. Right. So uh, I think somehow for me again, I'm still trying to convince myself, but it's a faith faith aspect that is instilled in us that brings us back. And maybe somehow it's losing there, mm -hmm. in them, and they have a choice, uh, and they they choose something different. I hope because I think at some point of time in their life they'll need this uh, values that religious organization, whether it's Jain, whether it's Swaminarayan, whether it's Muslims, that give one gives one faith and uh, help them to de-stress. Today we're talking about why we don't see any young people in the Derasar. Today we're talking about why we don't see any young people in the Derasar. 20 to 30 year olds. They're just gone. And we try to attract them um, by meeting their needs, whatever those are, if we can identify them correctly. Uh, number four. How can Jains as an overall community increase participation in humanitarian activities using Jain principles and within Jain Center resources? I think in, in times of uh, calamities, we as a community 
usually do a lot of things, but it is not always advertised. Right. I would say, be it, say, in US it is very normal to have so many cyclones or any kind of, say, Harvey or whatever. But I don't know if we are advertising enough or making it big to have an impact and, and uh, meaningful uh, it is not getting noticed is all I'm saying I think it's, we always do monetary but I, I don't think as a man hour right? mm -hmm. I, maybe I haven't seen it but when it comes time to hey let's go if it was for Harvey instead of giving the money and getting people together and this, I'm sure people went off and help the individual friends the community but as a uh, center mm -hmm. it was, like you're saying it wasn't advertised People just like uh, yeah, just like uh, uh, for Punjabi people, they have a langar, right? Yeah. So, just as a community, they go there. It's not few people or just as a community. So, in Jain, I believe that's what we are trying to say. I think uh, the answer to this question is we <coughs> need to install one person as a member on the BT or the EC that is in charge of humanitarian activities. And that way that they can, if it's their job, then it's going to happen. So I think that there, there can be a kind of <clears throat> specific answer for us because I don't think we have one right now, right? So just a particular director of humanitarian <coughs> activities, I think that would uh, solve this problem. Today we're talking about why young people don't come to the center, about 20 to 30 unmarried and childless and what, uh, what uh, we can do to attract them to the center. Uh, number five, recommend changes for increasing participation of non-Jane family members and relatives. So this is a little bit different. So how do we increase the participation of non-Jane family members and relatives at the center? If that's something that we want, I guess we can debate that first. Yeah, that's why. My guess is that the reason is to uh, increase the membership in the religion, because if we show what if we show what we can offer to people to non-Jains, then we might convert some people. No, I right. don't think uh, the reason is to convert people, no? but just to say we are talking about youth here, right? And generally, uh, they are all they flock together. Right. So, for example, uh, you have a friend. Uh, who is Maheshwari or who believes in Chinya Mishama. But if you are able to bring or if he is convinced to come to Jain Center, mm -hmm. then the chances are that you are also coming along. Because right. if, if, or rather it's the other way around, you go and then you bring him along. That way you get company and that increases the participation within that community. I don't think uh, that question looks at converting people from Hinduism to Jainism. That is what I Right. Uh, is this only for that age group, or are you saying in general? Let's talk about in general. Okay. So are you familiar with the Mormon religion? The Mormon religion, right? Uh, I had a roommate in college that was Mormon. You know, and he was from Utah. And um, they have something in their religion that requires them to do a mission. They call a Mormon mission, right? And the mission and I'm kind of paraphrasing this in short, but it's pretty much approximately two years of service anywhere in the world. And it could range anywhere from 12 months to two years, depending on what it is. 
and you put your, it's like going to college, you put your top five picks in that I want to go, you know, South America, and these are my skills, I know Spanish, so I want to go here, or whatever, whatever. And then the church will tell you that, hey, this is where your mission is. And then you get deployed there, and your job is to go there and teach people about the religion. That's it. You go door to door, and maybe you've seen them in your neighborhood, they come to your door, they knock on your door, and they say, hey, we want to teach you about the Bible, you know? So, <clears throat> I'm not trying to say that we should do the same thing, but it's interesting to see how they're doing that, right? And if you're looking at specifically this millennial age group, if you will, their reason to do something is a cause, right? You know, it's, it's an experience or it's a cause or it's some kind of attractive thing for them to go do something. And this is a very good attractive thing to go do something because it's a cause, right? So I think that, you know, we have to think out of the box in doing that. And I think the word conversion is different. Uh, I think when everyone thinks conversion, it's like, hey, you successfully converted someone. It's a sales thing, right? Conversion is a sales topic, you know, that you've converted someone from something else. We're just opening our doors to say that, here, this is available. If you choose yeah. to take it, then it's yours. There's no conversion required. You can be both. There are lots of members that are of our current Jain society that aren't Jain too. Or they're married to someone that is not Jain. And they still come. Right? So it's not about conversion. That word conversion shouldn't probably be used because it has a little negative conversation that you're taking something away from someone. So as a positive conversation, it would be you know what, you're gaining something, you're getting something more for it, right, you know? What do you think the top thing that is that Jainism has to offer to a non-Jain that will help their life that they, for example, don't get in other places, like Hinduism or uh, Catholicism or something like that? What idea or concept, you know, is it Ahimsa? Is that, is that what we can offer that other people don't offer to add value to somebody's life? Uh, well, I think, uh, I think it's, Ahimsa is definitely our, our one of the principle that I think it's... It doesn't have to be the most important one to us. It has to be the most important one to uh, non-Jain people. So it might not be to Ahimsa. For me, all the religions offer this values. Right. Right? I mean, right. it's not, it's... Uh, I mean, yes, Ahinsa is probably in Islam, it's probably in Christianity, it's probably in Swaminarayan, it's, it's everywhere. Right. It's where you feel comfortable getting that knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, I remember as a young, I was completely lured by uh, Swaminarayan, not the BAPS, but there's another one. I was going there every day. And you know what lured me was the connection. Uh, they were able to... Uh, they were able to connect with me. Mm -hmm. uh, their, their Swamiji's were available when you have question, when you have difficulty, they were able to help you. Uh, the youths, other youths, like people of our age at that time, like for example, were able to, if I have a question on computer science and I don't know programming, they'll come, they'll say, okay, go see in this person and he'll help you to do that. They'll, they'll teach me how to uh, concentrate uh, in the exams and things like that. I think those were the values that, and I also say, you know, Jainism by religion offers the same thing, but I did not have that connection where I lived. So, right. What With you're talking about is practical 
uh, yes. point, not a religious point. Yeah, but it, right? like it, it, they had infrastructure that allowed you to connect because they had the support systems, right, to to go do that, right. Now it could, it could have been BAPS or, or, or you know Swaminarayan right. or any other religion at that point in time, right. But there's no what the, I think his question is what principal part or what religious part, right, like. But it wasn't if separate. We, if, if we had our own what Shoyana, can we tell? If we if, had a thirty-second is that the selling point? You know, Jane Shoyana, is that the selling point, right? Or if we had our own cafe, is that the selling point? Or if we had our Jane school, where you can have kindergarten and first grade, is that the selling point? Like, but those are all practical things. But yes, but what I what I what I experienced. Right. There am, was am a, I asking your question properly? No, I think I, I think uh, it's both. Is is some is it something yeah. practical that is our main selling point, or is it something you know? Is it a principle? What is our main selling point to non-Jains? My outcome, what my understanding was that those practical things were peripheral to get me to the core, right. which is still the same for all the religions. You know, you have to pray, you have to do things, and you, it just by you follow this, the principle of ahimsa or, uh, you know, whichever it is, in, it's kind of defined in that religion. But at the end of the day, I feel like religion or any, any place like this gives you peace uh, and, and try to take you to the next level. And all these, like, you know, they play cricket and things like that. They were able to connect through cricket, but then eventually you go to the temple. It was not just limited to cricket or, you know, connecting to this, you know, experts of their, uh, of their, and they're like, okay, now you've done that, you, you experience it, and then you, somebody said moving in the flock, and then you move in the flock, and then you go to the, their sabhai every week, uh, and then you, you know, their swami come to your house, and now you, you are even, even closer to that and uh, so the practical thing helps but eventually I think they take you to the core wherever it is I think the challenge that we have is that we don't have a, a guidance or a priest or someone physical that someone can go to that connection we can only build because we're friends right yeah. that's a different connection than when you need some type of I wouldn't even say mental help but Spiritual guidance. Spiritual guidance. Right. That you want to talk to someone, right? And maybe we can talk to each other and have this type of discussion. But it's a different when it's coming from a, a different level, right? You know, and someone's telling you that, hey, this is why and this is how and they know you. I think one of, I relate this to, and really good spiritual leaders, they remember who you are, your name, conversations, things like that. I mean, they have phenomenal memory of that whole process because they're helping you through it. And that would help us, like... You know, I keep saying it like for, I wouldn't even say marriage counseling, but like before marriage, like many churches require you to bring your spouse there and they have a course yeah, where you have to take saying that, okay, well, you know, who's going to do what? Who's going to write the checks tomorrow? Who's going to do the finance stuff? Who's going to do this? Have you guys talked about this? Have you thought about this? I mean, these are all conversations that we had after marriage, <laughs> right? I mean, this is, it's a practical thing, right? But it's a support service going back to what Mira was saying, right? And it's an added value because now my kids, our kids, right, they'll have that support network, you know, and they do it in groups sometimes. So they have some part that's in group. So it's like, hey, all of us are getting married. This is what's happening, you know, and everyone's in that hype of that. But it's also the practicality of, hey, what does this mean? What does this commitment mean? And we can't do that. We're, we're going to need someone to come and help us do that, you know. 
Uh, and I think that that small issue for us is a, is a bigger issue because nowadays people want to WhatsApp with someone or chat with someone or they want a quick response. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if we're able <clears throat> to give a quick, proper response in a timely manner. So, you know, I think that we should probably look at that before we go out and tell someone that, hey, this is, you should go to our temple and do this, you know? So I think three things. Um, first is that we were talking about last time, what can we do to attract a sadhu and sadvi here to the temple? Because it's easier when you just know a guy that you can ask the questions to. And second, I think that what you guys were describing was a feeling of belonging, which is an extremely powerful feeling that if you can give somebody, they will come back over and over again. If you can make somebody feel like they belong somewhere, and this is like, you know, um, it's something deep within you that you will uh, return to again and again if you can make somebody feel like they belong somewhere. And marketing people know this all the time, right? Um, and so... Do you teach people belong? No, you give people a feeling, you elicit feelings from them. Um, and the third thing is, what I think we can offer that's uniquely Jane, that we can export around the country, that will help young people, is a Jain meditation. And I think that if Jaina can create a curriculum of Jain meditation, that can help young people take control of their time against social media. Because what young people are pitted against, they have no allies. They're pitted against these companies that spend billions of dollars and millions of man hours to get them to engage on their phone to their detriment, right? Um, and it's not like they have a choice, as we discussed, because the contact list is the modern Rolodex. And as we discussed before, if you're not on these platforms, you don't exist in some circles. And they have no choice. If they dare to complain, right, then if they dare to complain to their... The Congress people are bought and paid for by tech, okay? If they dare to complain to somebody else, you know, they talk about, oh, that's a nice problem to have or whatever. Um, but if we export a meditation that says, it is a sin to waste your time, these are the things you can think about to take control of your life. And if we somehow create a curriculum, and we call it a Jain meditation, I think that would be the best thing that we could do to offer to young people and to everybody's life around the country. That could be something that we're known for is a particularly Jain meditation. Because we have all these concepts to think about, right? That we've been discussing this whole time. We have the concepts of, um, you know, thinking about what the words of the prayer means, thinking about how lucky you are to be in this life, thinking about um, how precious your human life is to make conscious decisions to perform somewhere in Nirdra. Um, thinking about avoiding the wasting time um, and that's something you're not going to get in a Buddhist meditation when people think of meditation what do they think of they think of a Buddhist meditation right now it's slowly coming apart from Buddhist now it's becoming like a kind of secular mindfulness like oh I don't I'm not really a religious person but I do meditation it helps me out if we can get some people to think about 
well, this is a Jain way of doing it, and it's like a Jain meditation. I, I know that meditation will help me. I think that's a good way to drop it. Do we have a Jain meditation? I don't know. I looked it up. I couldn't find anything. I call it Samoyk. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, uh, that's absolutely true. It, that is a Jain meditation. Uh, but is it uh, is what you think about and what you're supposed to experience like written out? Defined somewhere. So th that's where I go back to our. You know, it's it's you define that over twenty years of your life, <laughs> and you decide if what to do in that forty-eight minutes when you right. when you practice it over the time and time. I, I don't. And I, you know, nowadays even uh, social media has a solution for this meditation where they sell you ads of uh, going to the these yoga places that charge you like fifty dollars per hour or whatever. Right. Uh, so you basically give them money so you earn more and more stress, and it's just a cycle that you're in. But what I think is, going back to the questions about the youth and things, it, it's, it's, it's back to us, you know, it's back to us as a parent and, you know, the 20 hours at Jane Center is not enough. We have to install more thousands of hours uh, so that they come to that stage that they can adopt that what we have. And, and practice it. Because, yeah, if somebody, if we say somebody at 48 minutes, you, you just sit down and don't do anything, it, it won't work. Right. But if it's implemented over the, over the years, uh, then it may stick. You know how these apps, these meditation apps, have guided meditation? Mm -hmm. Well, what about a Jane guided meditation? Like, what? What would you find Jane? Like, for Jane a Samaik, like, if you sit down to do a Samaik, well, then somebody is reminding you what you should be thinking about. Well, if you're saying Samaik is 48 minutes, and you're trying to reach this age group that doesn't have 48 minutes. You have to work your way in there. You know, so, so we have to come up with a 4.8 minute and then go to 48 minutes, yeah. you know? You know what? <laughs> because, because for them, time means something, right? And sure. they don't realize, like, you know, it's like now, 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 right? You know? So even the, the meditation app, the, what's the one that we use? Headspace. Headspace, Headspace. right? So Headspace, they have the five minute one right. and the 10 yeah. minute one, right? Mm -hmm. They don't start at 50 minutes, right? right? They start at the five minutes. And it's like you have to do six or seven of them before you get to the 10 minute one. Right. You know? So I, I agree with you that it's a perception that we don't have time. But as you know, I mean, as busy as you are with all the stuff you have, you, you could find 48 minutes for yourself. Same way a 20 year old can or should be able to, to do the same thing it's a different time in life. It's a different time in life, right? So I, I have kids. I understand the dilemma. At 20 years old, if you told me, hey, you got to spend an hour doing something, I'm like, hey, can we hire someone to go do that? Right? Like I'm like pushing it off because I want to go do something that's, for me, more important at that point in time. So setting those priorities don't happen at 20 years old. They happen at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years old. Exactly. Right? So you know, this is like the magic bus thing, right? So the guy that developed magic bus, right? He's some, he was a director of Cox and Kings, you know, the, uh, the, uh, what is it? The travel agency, the biggest travel agency in the world and out of London goes to India, sees this homeless problem that, Hey, you know, these homeless, there's all this people that live in the slums and all, they're all homeless. Oh, this is easy. I can get these guys a job. So he calls his CEO friends and he's like, Hey, me or hire this guy here, you know, hire this guy. They failed. The story is amazing. He did the right thing, right? He solved the problem. That guy needed a job. He got him a job. But he didn't have 
be soft skills to go ahead and do that. So, you know, you would be missing a pencil and a ruler and this and that, and like, they wouldn't show up on time. They didn't know how to talk or articulate their problem. So they would fight with you. This doesn't happen at 20 years old. This happens from five years old. That's exactly so they went back and they started doing Magic Bus at five years old, right? So they could convince not only the child, but the parents that, hey, this is the right thing to do. Right now they have a success story and now they have 400,000 kids in the program and they're blowing and going. So it's this thing that, you know, we're trying to say that, hey, we want to go for this millennial age group, right? And we can't do that unless they know what their priority is, right? And if they know what their priority is, then Samike is not an issue for them. Exactly. So we, as we talked about, we have to start early. As parents, we have to start early. This joint meditation we implement, I mean, you know, uh, we can start, like for example, if I get Narek to sit for five minutes right now, I can hope to, to when he gets 20, he will have 48 minutes. So do you, when his friend comes over to play and they're, they're playing and they play for 20 minutes, do you tell them that, hey, all you guys come out and sit down. All right, five minutes, we're gonna do this, whatever. I could make that, a choice. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying you specifically. No, 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 I'm it's just saying true. Like, like this is, we're talking about, you know, we talked about bringing others to, and I bet you that kid goes home and tells his dad or mom that, hey, by the way, did you hear that, hey, you know what? I don't like going to Nerek's house because his dad makes me do this thing for five minutes every 20 minutes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or he might, he might say a different way. Hey, dad, I like you come. Yeah, no. That's, I, I'll that's, share you an experience with you where, where I, was, I had that discussion about nonviolence with a kid and we had that again. I mean, literally, it was in a carnival a guy comes down and sits down next to me and talks about uh, somebody at his school and they're a fight. And he just sits down because he's like, well, he's my enemy. And I'm like, okay, how can you, I mean, these things happen to even the kids. And I think sometimes if, and again, I'm completely agreement with you that it doesn't happen at 20, we have to start early. Whether it's sitting down five minutes when kids come, I think that's a great idea, I will try it. Uh, I might not be the popular one, but I think that's fine. Listen, we're, we're going to do some pool party soon. We'll beta test it. <laughs> we'll beta test it. Everyone out of the pool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and see how it works. I mean, if we can do at least, let's, let's, let's make the goal realistic. If we can do two and a half minutes, you know we succeeded. If we do five minutes, we're golden. You know? As good as your you pool know? is, I think it'll work. No, if you go to a community pool, they will force the kids out every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, oh, yeah that five minutes is rough. Wait, wait, wait. Well, it's not rough if you make them meditate. See, you're doing the wrong thing. You know? <laughs> five minutes, you feed them, you give them water, you tell them. They're hungry, they're waiting for that water. They're like, what's wrong with So this? for those that came in late, we started, we discussed this because this is a Jaina essay competition. And then these are the things that are on Jaina's mind. It, the, end, the competition ends May 31st. We brainstorm all this stuff so you can have a, head, a heads up. So if you want to enter the essay competition, you know what to think about, you know is what to write. Kids or is it for no, this is for adults. It's for young, no, it's for anybody actually. Yeah, and the, it ends May 31st. So thank you very much for coming this week. I really appreciate it. Thank you.